Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Glad to have you with us for a time of prayer and scripture reading. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. What a wonderful March for Life it was. You know, I had pre-taped some reflections prior to going, and I last night got back from uh, this uh, long but fruitful trip. I was supposed to go also to the West Coast Walk for Life, as you know. I've been talking about that. But the weather was bad in Washington. My flight got so, so delayed that I was going to miss my connection and there was no way to get to San Francisco on time. So I ended up missing that, unfortunately. But I was there, of course, for the march and all the different events that we at Priest for Life lead. It's actually dozens of events at once that go on, sponsored by dozens of different groups. And that's the beauty of it, really, is the the pro-life movement coming together in a, such a strong show of unity. So we're going to go into the Word of God here today. Let's put ourselves in His presence, ask His blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we come before you, and as your Son commanded, we, we forgive one another as we ask you to forgive us so that we may be prepared to pray. And so that we may be prepared again to hear and receive your word, enable us to understand it more deeply, live it more faithfully, and spread it more effectively. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, this gospel passage I want to read here is very, very instructive for our pro-life work and for the fruitfulness of all the work we do for the Lord's kingdom. It's from Mark chapter 4. On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on land. And he taught them at length in parables. And in the course of his instruction, he said to them, Hear this, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and it produced no grain. And some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. It came up and grew and yielded thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He added, whoever has ears to hear, ought to hear. And when he was alone, those present along with the twelve questioned him about the parables. He answered them, the mysteries of the kingdom of God have been granted to you. But to those outside, everything comes in parables, so that they may look and see but not perceive, and hear and listen but not understand, in order that they might not be converted and be forgiven. Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, 
who when they hear the word receive it at once with joy. But they have no roots. They only last for a time. Then when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Those sown among thorns are another sort. They are the people who hear the word, but worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and the craving for other things intrude and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But those sown on rich soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. Brothers and sisters, God wants us to bear fruit. It is not you who have chosen me, the Lord said to his disciples, but I who have chosen you to go and bear fruit that will last. And that word of Jesus, which of course corresponds to this parable of Jesus, likewise corresponds to so many passages in the Old Testament. For example, in Isaiah 5, the song of the vineyard, where God says, I planted a vineyard, looked for grapes, and it yielded only wild grapes. And God is disappointed, sorely disappointed. Jesus gave also the, uh, we read in the Gospels the account of the, the fig tree. He went to get fruit from the fig tree, and it, it didn't bear fruit. And uh, he cursed it. And then, of course, the the, lesson, the lessons are, are throughout Scripture about this very same theme. What kind of fruit is it that he wants us to bear? It is, in fact, the fruit of holiness, of love, of service, growth in virtue, growth in union with God, spreading, as St. Paul says, the aroma of Christ into the world so that the kingdom of this world may be transformed into the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. The fruits of love, of service, they need to be evident in us. God is serious about looking for fruits. You saw, for example, the various parables of the talents, several of them in the Gospels, where the king entrusts his servants with certain talents. He goes away on a long journey. When he comes back, he wants an accounting. He doesn't want to see us hiding them in the ground for fear. He wants us to see, to see us using them wisely and trading and, 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 and bearing, bearing much fruit. Now, that's point number one. Now, this parable can be looked at from the point of view of us as sowers of the seed or us as the recipients. Now, of course, we are both because everyone who believes in the word also has to spread the word. And the simple lesson about the sowing, you notice that the, the sower sows generously. He doesn't say, well, let me just go find uh, the, uh, the really, really fertile soil. I'm not going to waste the seed throwing it on the path or among the thorns or in the shallow soil. He doesn't, he doesn't say that. The sower is constantly sowing generously. That's how God is in creation. If you're interested at all in astronomy and you, you realize that the, 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 the numbers of, of, of stars and of galaxies uh, in the universe, I mean, here we are on, on such a, 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 an infinitesimally small 
piece of the universe, and yet God became one of us. God sows so generously in the fertilization of a new human life. So many sperm, yet only one ends up uniting with the ovum to create a new human being. God is generous in the sowing. Generous. And we need to be too. We shouldn't be holding back from proclaiming the word of God, the word of life, the message of life, because we think that the recipient isn't ready for it. That the sower doesn't say, oh, this, uh, this uh, uh, soil is too shallow, let me hold back the seed. He doesn't do that. You sow generously. Now, from the lesson up from the point of view of us being the recipients, there's a lot of lessons here. Let's look at the different categories that did not bear fruit and see if we can get an understanding of the problem. First, the birds who snatched the seed away from the road. Rocky ground. Well, the path, first of all. The birds came and ate it up. Satan is real. He wants to steal the word from us. He's going to do that, first of all, by sending false prophets. False prophets inspired by Satan will give opposite messages of the word. And if somebody believes the opposite message or the false gospel, that's like stealing the seed away from the path. Satan came and stole the word from their hearts. The devil loves to distract. He can't contradict or disprove the word. He distracts us from the word. Satan will try to steal the word in a hundred other ways. Be aware, as Scripture tells us elsewhere, that the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He doesn't want us to receive the word because the word is truth, and the devil is the father of lies. The word is life. The devil is a murderer from the beginning. Of course he comes to try to steal the word. Be vigilant against him. Ask every day the protection of the Lord Jesus from the devil. Then the one sown on rocky ground. So some seed landed on rocky ground. The soil was not deep. And so the sun rose and it withered. And Jesus said, this is, these are people that receive the word with joy, but they have no roots. And notice he says, tribulation and persecution come. Now in the parable, it was the rising of the sun, a very predictable event, a daily event. Part of the message here is, you know, tribulation and persecution, it's part of the landscape. Of course it's going to happen. And what this teaches us, and I see it as we do trainings within the pro-life movement, and it applies to trainings generally for Christian discipleship, is that it's not enough to tell the good news. We have to tell the bad news. We have to tell the news that there's going to be tribulation. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God, we read in the Acts of the Apostles, as the Apostles went around teaching and instructing. You teach and instruct not only to say, hey, accept Jesus, he's going to forgive your sins. Teach the whole message, hey, accept Jesus, he's going to forgive your sins, and people are going to hate you. And they're going to come against you fiercely. And they're going to try to intimidate you from following the Jesus whom you just accepted. Now, if in training people, whether it's for Christian discipleship in general or for the battle against abortion, we train pro-life activists. One of the things we have to train them in is how the other side opposes us. Look at what's been happening with the pregnancy centers. 
You, pray, you, you, you train somebody to be a compassionate, effective counselor for a mom who is pregnant and in need. And they also need to know that they might come the next day to the center to find the window smashed in. Or hear on the news about legislation that's being passed to try to close the center down. Because the, the Democrat politicians are accusing it of being a fake clinic and, and, and it, it unsafe and shouldn't be operating. They should actually be doing those things to the abortion facilities because the abortion facilities are the ones that deserve that kind of treatment. But, uh, and I'm talking about the legislation, not the breaking of the windows. But the point is that the, the uh, person who just receives the word with joy but is not ready for the persecution and the tribulation, it's going to quickly fall away. That's one of the reasons if you're finding that those you recruit for, for the work uh, of pro-life are quickly falling away, maybe they didn't get enough warning about the difficulties ahead or training about how to deal with those difficulties. Then you have the seed that falls among the thorns. The thorns grow up and choke it. So Jesus said, worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and craving for other things. Let's look at that for a moment. You receive the word of God, and then it doesn't bear any fruit because of worldly anxiety. What what is one of the things that we're anxious about in a worldly way? The IRS They're going to take away the tax exemption of the church. We should be bearing fruit in proclaiming the word of God in the public arena in a way that converts hearts and minds of our lawmakers. The the good fruit we need to see are good court decisions and good laws. And so many times, those of us who believe in the word of God in the church are stopped in our tracks by worldly anxiety that somehow, somehow, The government is going to be displeased because we were too political. And very often this worldly anxiety is completely unfounded. Yes, we have enemies in the government. Yes, we see the the effort of the Democrats to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. Of course they go after us. But that doesn't justify us being silent. So many many in the church use the excuse that, oh, oh, the IRS are going to take away our tax exemption. Meanwhile, they've never taken away any tax exemption of any church because a, a sermon was too political. It's never happened. You would think it happens every day based on the way that some people twist themselves into this worldly anxiety and put tape over their mouths to never speak about anything political or anything pro-life. Enough already. Stop the worldly anxiety and preach the word with boldness. The lure of riches. How many of those who have the opportunity to bear fruit don't do so because they don't want to offend their donors? We very much appreciate and need the generosity of donors. But there's a difference between a donor and a leader who leads the organization. Many donors are leaders of their own organizations. But when you're receiving donations, if you're a pastor, a bishop, a ministry leader, you have to lead the organization. You get the help of the donors to do the mission that you're leading. You don't let them set the agenda on everything or, God forbid, have a veto power over the message that you need to convey. You go to them honestly and you say, here's the message I need to convey. You want to help me or you don't want to help me? 
the lure of riches. We want to ingratiate ourselves so many times with those who have riches that we end up losing focus on the message and we don't bear any fruit. Or the craving for other things. Interesting how Jesus puts this. Listen, you want to bear fruit. You want to be a saint. You want to be effective in defending life. You can do it. And you can do it to heights that you never dared to dream of, provided you are willing to sacrifice. You know, the more somebody can accomplish is directly proportional to how much they are willing to sacrifice. Jesus said, those who do not turn their backs on father, mother, wife, children, and all your possessions for my sake cannot follow me. Now, that doesn't mean we literally have to give away all our possessions. It doesn't mean we hate the people in our our inner circle of, of friends and family. It means the order of priority. What are you willing to sacrifice? If bearing fruit in holiness, if bearing fruit for the pro-life cause means you may make someone feel bad or you may even offend someone, even if that person is very close and important to you, you've got to be willing to sacrifice. Your possessions, you've got to be willing to part with them. doesn't mean you actually get rid of them all. Some people do that through voluntary poverty, but we're not talking about that here. We're talking about a condition for all disciples is that there be a detachment of heart, that there be a freedom of spirit that says, you know what? I want this pearl of great price, the pearl of great price. The one who found it went off and sold everything else, right? You see that willingness to separate from everything else. And it's not only possessions, it's relationships, it's prestige, it's titles, it's popularity. The willingness to separate from everything else provides the pathway to gain everything that you're trying to gain in holiness, in advancing the culture of life, in actually making progress here for what is good and what is right. Jesus said one of the things that chokes off the good seed are these thorns in the form of wanting something else too much that is incompatible with the progress you're trying to make. Do we want to end abortion? Do we want to build the kingdom of Christ? How much else are you willing to sacrifice to get there? That is a key question, and that is a key question that this parable raises. Let's bear much fruit. Let's constantly ask the Lord that we might bear much fruit. John 15, we are the branches on the true vine. Let us indeed, he prunes us, in order that we might bear much fruit. Take your sacrifices and trials and losses and unexpected sorrows as a pruning to make you want all the more the things of God and the priorities that he puts in our path to follow him. Lord, enable us to bear much fruit. Take away, Lord God, the obstacles. Give depth to the soil. Keep us away from the the choking thorns. Let Satan not steal the word from our heart. Let us, as Paul commands, dismiss all anxiety from our minds. And in freedom of spirit, detachment of heart, willingness to sacrifice even our lives, may we advance the culture of life. We pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thank you, friends. Join us again tomorrow. Invite others to join in as well. And may it be a fruitful day of following Christ and working for the kingdom of life. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.